Hi, this is Elise Fishman, and welcome to our third part on radiology in the year 2022 and uh, what's ahead. And we left off with this last time. I was going to talk about the new pancreatic exam as a way of thinking about how radiology will change. And as I said, we talk about axials and coronals, maybe 3D, but now we're going to talk about texture mapping, radiomics, and deep learning. And when you talk about the ACR initiative of value over volume, this is value over volume. I don't know how you're going to calculate what value really is. It's easy to calculate volume. You read 20 cases, it's better than reading 18. You read 30, it's better than 20. And you need to be accurate. But things like a cinematic rendering, this work done by Crowies, and we've spoken about this before, the ability to use the new computer technology, the new chips by NVIDIA, to create this very good lighting models, building on the volume rendering from Pixar. And it really creates this realistic illumination and interactive direct volume rendering applications. It provides, as we wrote in this article by Pam Johnson, a photorealistic image quality. And you've seen the images before, but look at the detail of the abdominal wall in this patient with cirrhosis and the recanalization of the umbilical vein and the extensive collaterals present. You recognize how I can adjust the model. Or I can look at the chest in this patient with chest pain and look at the muscle in the chest wall, the leads for the EKG, the bone, go through the bone and look at this patient who does not have coronary artery uh, stenosis but has this coronary artery uh, fistula, nicely shown. And I'll show it again. Look at the detail of the branch vessels off the arch, the subclavian, nominate, the carotid. Look at the details and look how I changed the lighting model. And using the technique, we can look inside the heart and look at this tavern in good position and the ability to create visualizations which look inside the heart and change the way we can see things and change the opportunities of us looking become oh so critical. Or in this patient who had chest pain, it was part of a study we were doing, what's that little density that I've circled? This patient was an IV drug abuser. That is a needle. And look at it, and I'll show it to you many different ways. There it is in the MIP. Fortunately, it's not involving the coronary, but it's in the patient's right side of the heart. And there it is in the patient's right ventricle. And you can see how we go through the various appearances of inside the chambers. It's just a spectacular way of being able to get more information from the data sets we're getting. Well, you want to look at the lung. These are the lungs. We can show the airways and we can show the lungs and the branching of vessels and change the model so that we can look at it very, very nicely, interactively. And again, thinking about how we look at things, okay, or cutting through things. This is cinematic rendering, looking through and cutting through the chest wall, okay. Very nicely showing you the vessels, the arch, the heart. Look how we go from left to right. Again, looking at the volume, and so when I go through it, again, the same principles. This is imaging, not those slices, those barbaric slices we look at. This is CT. And if you're looking in the neck and the thyroid gland and the carotids, look at the detail from the face through the muscles to the thyroid gland itself. And when you rotate the data sets, the nodes in the submandibular zone, the sternocleidomaniac 
mastoid muscles, the patient's carotid arteries, and looking at the vascular map and looking also at the bony structures, whether it's the spinous process or the vertebral bodies. It's just a matter of what you choose to look at and how you choose to look at that structure. And again, everything I'm showing you is really done interactively. Or in this example, we're looking at the carotids and the carotid bifurcation, looking from below upward. And then we go back and put the muscle back in and some of the nodes. Again, look at the detail of vessel and muscle and nodes and bone. And again, it's simply changing the parameters interactively. Again, AI will do this automatically, I believe. And whether you're looking at the liver and looking at the texture in this patient, or looking at the variability in the texture maps, can we create the right maps for early detection of parenchymal liver disease and early detection of tumor are all things we're looking at. And in the pancreas, normal pancreas, look at the spleen, look at the splenic artery and veins, look at the texture of the liver. So when I go to this case and I'm going through the chest wall and ribs and I'm showing you the costal cartilage, but look at the liver. And when I get into the liver, look at the texture, it's infiltrated, the vessels are distorted. This is a hepatoma. And here it is again with different views from below. Again, textural mapping will be critical. The fact is radiomics is really in great part texture mapping. And although here you can visually see the texture changes because I'm showing it to you, in many cases you can't really appreciate it, but the computer can. And that's going to increase our accuracy. And when you're looking at bone, this mandibular fracture, very nicely shown. Look at the details around the individual teeth, the zygomatic arch. And then you would simply change the visualizations to be able to see everything you need to see. And then you could do that interactively because look at the, look at this example where I'm showing you the detail of everything. Okay? Or here as well. So again, this becomes very, very critical in how we look at things. And again, we're looking what I said way back when. We're looking at the volume, not individual slices. We're looking at this tibial spine fracture, but look at the detail of the bony fragments, the orientation. The lighting model is critical in you and the orthopedic surgeon understanding what's going on. Or looking at vessels, look at the lower extremity details to the uh, dorsum of the foot the branching of the vessels, the orientation to muscle, orientation of muscle to bone. Again, all of these things we can really nicely define with great detail, very nicely shown. And when you're looking, and there's an article just published about using this for the surgeons, and we're working on those articles as well, impact on management, impact on understanding. And this article, El Safre, asked the question, does cinematic rendering improve the comprehension of surgical anatomy? And the answer was yes, and that's not a great surprise. Now we talk about other things that are changing. Initially at the first talk I showed you that 3D printing is very important, and it's going to be very important for certain applications like creating certain body parts. People have shown that it's a very good way of teaching anatomy because people like to hold things in their hand. I still believe things like cinematic because of the speed and the cost and the interactivity. And then you bring in something like HoloLens, it's going to blow away this uh, 3D printing. But for many things, 3D printing is going to be good. And some people do like it. And you can see an example here of 3D printing of anatomy. 
And 3D printing is not just in medicine, it's in fields outside of medicine. We've done some 3D printing. Here's a case I've shown before from, uh, of an animal, okay? And you can tell it's an animal because look at the history. You never get such a good history and asking the right questions. And it was a blue tongue skink and there it is on 3D and there it is in nature and here's the 3D models I made uh, from with volume rendering. And here's the model. So if radiology gets taken over by AI, I'm going to sell trinkets at the aquarium. I could make a fortune, I believe, making parts of animals or replicas of animals. But you can see where things are going. And all joking aside, making parts for implants is one of the really good applications that people are using. Now, the one thing that's not going to change in the era of AI is how you do things. Now, I think you're going to need to use AI in part because people are going to expect it. You need to change your practice because people expect it. Your brand is in a patient's hands because they put their lives in yours. Marisa Freeman from HP. And that is critical. She's 100% right. Or Keith Grossman, who's now the president of Time Magazine. One of the key factors which prevents successful businesses from rapidly evolving is the current customers that you need to have change and change is difficult it's not easy to predict if the company's failing it's easy to change but what if you're successful radiology is successful but we need to change if we want to be more successful and that in turn in at times will lead to complaints when you say no more faxes some people complain oh my god i have no more faxes that's all i use well, get something else. We'll help you find something else. You can't use it. Or Brian King talking about how Marriott does things, how they're doing things now and looking at the future. With technology change, you need to embrace the change. We need to anticipate where we're going and what we're going to do. With the rapidly changing landscape and digital technology, both the hospitality and the healthcare industries need to take bold steps to make technology an integral part of why our guests or patients choose us. Bold steps. Think of that word. Is your hospital, is your group doing bold steps? Probably not. Or Jensen Wang. We need to think about where the puck is going, not where it's been. We need to think about where we're gonna be. And our customers can't think of that. As like Henry Ford said, if he asked in 1890s what they should do, people would say, you should make a faster horse, okay? Well, that's not what you needed. You needed the car. And as Jensen says, do work that matters, that is hard, and that you're uniquely able to do. Do work that brings you joy. Believe in your vision, knowing that your customers may not at first, and care about craftsmanship. If you do the right thing and you do it right, you will be successful. And what's the future? I don't know. I know the future is hopefully we're all going to get older. Because getting older, it may not be good, but it beats the alternative. And machine learning will surely revolutionize medicine in general and radiology and specifics and pathology and every piece of medicine. But we have spent our lifetime undergoing change. Will it make us obsolete? No. I think if you say I'm not going to change, then you will be obsolete. The dinosaurs that changed did fine. The ones that got hit in the head by the meteors, they didn't do so well. And as Winston Churchill said, and Winston always knows the answer, the empires of the future are the empires of the mind. So we need to really be looking ahead and really thinking and moving forward. And with that, Radiology 2022. 
Last time I looked, it's less than three years away. Let's see how close we are to the truth. And we'll get back to you then. Catch you later. Bye. If you liked what you heard here today, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit our website, ctsus.com, for lectures, quizzes, pearls, and more. Also, be sure to check out our apps that are available for free on the Apple Store. All links are in the description box below.